The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. Kneel, voters. You are under sentence of death. Come out of the shadows, voter. What's the beef? Did you steal your lunchbox? M many, many apologies, sir, voter colonel. Had I known it was you, I... Forgive me. You know me? Well, of course, voter colonel. Who am I? You are Colonel Sebastian Doyle, section chief of CGI, head of the Ministry of Alteration. Remind me a little. Well, what exactly do we do at the Ministry of Alteration? You change people, Voter Colonel. In what way? You change them from being alive people to being dead people, to purify democracy. Purify? No one has done more to purge the ballot boxes than the Voter Colonel. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, November 12th, 2020. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be well, purging the ballot box is a pretty good way of describing what's going on right now with respect to the American election. That's how quote-unquote democracy operates under all leftist rules. One man, one vote, one time. <laughs> Every single thing that has happened leading up to and following the November 3rd American election was completely predictable and known to be a planned scenario long before the day of the election itself. In fact, we predicted it all on this show. Trump did indeed win the 2020 election in a landslide, as will be increasingly demonstrated over the coming weeks ahead. And why would I say that in light of the mainstream media having already declared Biden the president-elect? Well, I'll tell you why. Right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org, hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. Follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform and visit us at www.justrightmedia.org where you can access all of Just Right's social media links and our archive broadcasts. And as always, your financial support is appreciated and put to good use. This is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. We were getting ready to win this election Frankly, we did win this election. We did win this election. So our goal now is to ensure the integrity for the good of this nation. After a long night of counting, it's clear that we're winning enough states to reach 270 electoral votes needed to win the presidency. Let's be clear about one thing. Joe Biden is not the president-elect no matter what you've been hearing in the media or from Biden himself. Because this election is far from over. Yet to this very day, the mainstream media is carrying on as if Biden is, in fact, the president-elect. When this is not so, for so many reasons, I don't think I'll be able to get through them all in the limited time our show allows. I can't tell you how utterly disgusted and offended I was by news reports I heard on the radio in my area that Trump was accusing Biden of election fraud, quote-unquote, without evidence. 
especially since I myself have been witnessing the evidence with my own lion eyes. The evidence is overwhelming, that when presented with the evidence, deniers will shout, yeah, yeah, but you can't prove it. It's not proof. It's only circumstantial. Or maybe it's fake. Well, of course, what they want is for Trump to toss his evidence out to the court of public opinion where they can be the judge, jury, and executioner, when instead Trump is presenting his proof and his evidence in a real court of law, where supposedly objective justice will be the arbiter. And here's something else to keep in mind. Remember, circumstantial evidence, not necessarily proof, is what convicts most criminals of everything from theft to murder. That's why we have due process, complete with impartial juries and judges. These are, of course, the principles upon which these institutions are based, and whether those principles remain adhered to or not is the real dilemma that constantly confronts us. Now, I watched the U.S. election results coming in live on election night from various differing sources. Early in the evening, the election count certainly favored Joe Biden, or at least the reporting of it did. But by around midnight to 1 a.m., it looked like Trump was going to walk away with it, being between tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of votes ahead in the key electoral vote states that he had to win. And then I heard the announcement. Vote counts were being systematically and inexplicably shut down. Coincidentally, in the states where the Democrats were trailing the Trump votes. And at that very moment, the first thought that came to my mind was that the fraud is now officially underway. The fraud that we were explicitly told would happen, told by the very people who were perpetrating the fraud. The Democrats themselves announced publicly long before the election that we should expect a Trump landslide on the actual night of the election, but not to accept that result because the vote would change when they counted in the mailed-in ballots. Hello, fraudulent calling. And to speak to that very reality, coming up next, on the return side of our bumper, Bill Whittle and Steve Green on the election process itself, while on this side of our bumper is the voice of, believe it or not, Democrat Vernon Jones accusing his own party with election criminality in the state of Georgia. And here's something even more unbelievable. He actually had something positive to say about Donald Trump. Hello, America. Hello, Georgia. Let me be frank and earnest. There's a dead cat on the end of this line. And it's thinking. It's thinking with fraud. It's thinking with lack of transparency. It's thinking with non-accountability. And it's thinking with those who call themselves wanting to have fair elections. It's thinking with their absence. As a member of the Georgia General Assembly, 12-year member, it is my duty to speak up for every Georgian when their vote is not being counted, when their vote is not being counted accurately, and when there's all this type of irregularities taking place. Why haven't we called on Jimmy Carter to come? He can go to other countries and see their process through. And I don't mean that in a bad sense because I like one of our native sons, President Carter, but he needs to be here if he's for fair votes, accountability, and transparency. That's what I like about Donald Trump. He travels with a set of twins, one named accountability and the other one named transparency. That's what I like about him. 
I've had Democrats, Republicans across the whole state of Georgia, matter of fact, across this country, saying what is going on in Georgia? I may not agree with your candidate, Vernon, but if they take my vote, if they take your vote away from you, they're taking my vote away from me. That's the American spirit. And what I see happen, this is a sham. This is a sham, and it's disgraceful. And criminal. I think it has the potential of criminality here. I just want, like every Georgian want, we want things to be done by the book. We can send a man to the moon, but we can't count votes accurately. I'm talking about the legal ones now. And we can't do it within 24 hours. How does a state the size of California get theirs in and Georgia can't get its, its in? That's because if you look, an example of the pandemic of failed leadership is where all these Democrats who are running these cities and overseeing these county elections, that's where you see, literally, I was getting ready to say something, but I'll be all over the damn news. <laughs> Well, let me say this. I hope the news media learn from this. It's been you carrying the false narrative of these false polls coming from these liberal universities. And you and these pollsters have done more to interfere with this election than Russia and China combined. You have suppressed and depressed the voters of this country. But I'm going to tell you, we're going to fight. And I, last night I made a comment. We don't fight with violence. I'm not for violence. But we're going to fight to our last breath for our constitutional rights. To our last breath. And we'll take on Antifa, Black Lives Matter, Fair Fight, Stacey Abrams, all of them, because we're going to do what's right for the people of Georgia. And I want, every, I want to give everybody a number to call. If you think there's, you've been slighted, because I'm getting calls and letters, I know many of you are, and I know the media's gotten it too. I want you to call 470-410-8793. Report your fraud, or report what has happened to you. Don't be afraid. Come up. If I can go through what I've gone through standing up for Georgians in America, you can too. And I don't care. I'm gonna fight. If my party's wrong, I'm going to fight them to the end. As a matter of fact, my party has been wrong. There should be members of the Black Caucus here right now. The Democratic Caucus could be right, should be here right now. The Democratic Party should be here right now. Because this is about democracy. Our elections, if, if we don't get elections right here, where else can we go and get them right? And so with that being said, we have been able to bring someone into the fold. And I'm talking about someone who's probably one of the most, has one of the most brilliant minds, legal minds, in this country. If you think I'm lying, ask CNN. And some of those others who attack everyday people and try to destroy their reputation and change their lives forever. Y'all join me in bringing in a fighter who's fighting for you, for Georgians, and this president. Y'all welcome Lin Wu here.
gentlemen, the idea of early voting is how this election is being stolen. This is my opinion, but I'm looking at the numbers changing and I'm looking at how they're changing and it's going on right now. So if we want to take this to its logical conclusion, Steve, I'll start with you. Why don't you already fill out your ballots for 2024, 2028, 2032? In fact, why don't you file fill them all out? Why don't you just put down generic Republican candidate and be done with it? Why, why wait till the last minute? Makes me sad. Listen, it's called election day. It's not election season. It's not election week. It's not election month or any of that. It's election day. And this is why the whole process, Bill, it, it, it's not just that it's easier to conjure up the missing ballots you need to steal the election. Uh, when I went to bed last night, uh, Trump was up by more than the number of outstanding ballots. And so that was a lock. And now today I wake up Wednesday morning and find out that ballots are appearing all over Philadelphia. Funny how and that hey, works, isn't it? Look, yeah. A, uh, but the process itself is theft. And let me tell you why. Everybody who voted for Joe Biden before Hunter Biden's laptop came out and wished to change their mind probably didn't, probably couldn't. There are only like seven states that let you rescind your ballot, and it's a pain in the ass to do it in those seven states. Uh, everybody who voted for Joe Biden before Trenelmuspreser, or whatever the hell it is he tried to say, uh, <laughs> and wanted to change their vote based on that, they couldn't do it either. You have election day for a reason, because you've got to watch the process and the candidates and the parties play themselves out to the finish line. Um, it, it, it's, like, it's like running a marathon and declaring the winner after the first six miles because, hey, that guy was really fast in the first six miles of this marathon. Problem is you still got 20 miles to go. You don't declare the winner based on the first six, just like you don't declare the winner by who's fastest off the starting line in the 40. You don't do it. This whole thing is theft bill from top to bottom because you don't see the candidates have to perform to the finish line. It's theft. That's exactly precisely correct. Precisely correct is an understatement. Having gone through every Ontario election since 1984 as president of the officially registered Freedom Party of Ontario, I've lost count of how many Ontario voters called us regretting that they voted early for another party before they knew that Freedom Party was on the ballot in their riding. And get this, in Ontario, advanced voting begins even before the candidates have all been nominated and a slate is determined. People are already voting before all of the candidates have registered to be on the ballot. Give me a break. And that aside, I would say that the ballot counting process here in Canada is infinitely better than what we see in the U.S., but there are still, shall we say, irregularities in our electoral system. And they come from the top. But Bill Whittle and Steve Green nailed it on the early voting scam. I think Bill overstated his argument a bit by asking why not vote years in advance for your candidate, but it did isolate the principle involved. The bigger issue is that one should only vote for the candidate, not for the party on a ballot, even though party affiliation is necessary and should be shown on the ballot. And before a specific candidate can be voted for, he or she would have to be nominated and registered, which cannot happen a complete term in advance. 
And before I forget to mention it, I should like to point out that as a Democrat, George Vernon Jones, who we heard just a bit earlier, is someone that I would call a small D Democrat, based solely on what we just heard him say in our selected audio bite. I don't know anything about his larger political point of view. But he seemed to be a Democrat actually concerned about the integrity of the democratic process. And I gotta say, given his comments about Trump, I'm inclined to believe that he's no left-wing Democrat at all because no left-winger would value the virtues of accountability or transparency. But you know, politics often makes for strange bedfellows, as they often say. Now, I had an interesting take on the whole electoral scandal forwarded to me by Paul McKeever, who, pardon the pun, drew my attention to a fellow named Scott Adams. Now, Scott Adams is the cartoonist who produces the daily comic strip Dilbert. He's also a well-known Republican supporter who has made several predictions in his past YouTubing career that proved accurate, despite the overwhelming body of opinion against him at the time. I watched him on a very recent show posted after the election, and he had his own suggestion of how to fix America's electoral system, with which I had a few issues. But more interestingly to me was his take on the big picture current situation itself, which was far too long for me to include in today's show. But you can check it out online in his posting episode 1181, Why Trump Still Has the Advantage. So as briefly as I can, here's his take on where we are at now. Adams argues that Trump is now in an ideal situation in this transition from first to second term. Trump himself has been observed leisurely golfing over the past several days right after the election, leaving some to question why. But given what is slowly coming to light in recent days, and which will continue to do so over the weeks ahead, I think I can understand why he seems to have temporarily faded into the background of public view. It's brilliant, actually. Remember, Trump was well aware that he was facing a revolution, not merely an election heading into November 3rd. We heard him say so quite literally on this show a couple weeks ago during his conversation with Laura Ingram. Right now, Trump is figuratively sitting back while collecting evidence of voter irregularities, voter fraud, and getting affidavits signed by an incredible number of witnesses and whistleblowers attesting to all of the corruption they saw firsthand. He is sitting back and allowing the Biden team and its supporters, including the mainstream media, to continue basking in their imagined victory, thus taking the pressure off most of the rioting, though not all of it, and off the COVID pandemic, which once again is being ignored when it comes to huge crowds gathering in public to quote-unquote celebrate the Biden victory. For my part, I think that the premature announcements being made by Joe Biden were an act of desperation. Even if Biden expected to win, why not just simply settle back and accept the victory gracefully and in a timely manner, not in some sort of preemptive manner? What's all the panic and hurry about? Now, Adams argues that as evidence of electoral tampering and cheating slowly surfaces to the public's attention, Trump will have been able to shift the issue from him and Biden to the issue of election integrity itself. Adams concludes by suggesting that widespread fraud is not the big issue, but that massive local targeted fraud is practically indisputable. Quote, if not proven, then everything I know about the world is wrong. <laughs> End quote. 
Coming up next on this side of the bumper, Bill Whittle continues his previous conversation about the voting process with Steve Green and Scott Ott. And on the return side of our bumper, with our thanks to listener David O. for putting us on to this one, are America's Barry Nussbaum in conversation with Britain's Katie Hopkins, who herself was in the United States for the past several months, openly campaigning for Donald Trump. But first, here's Bill Whittle in the gang. Uh, Scott, we saw uh, in the closing weeks of the campaign, uh, it, for me, it, it, for me, it's just clear as day. It was that rally, Florida rally in Sanford, uh, about 48 hours after Donald Trump got out of the hospital, the first of his big rallies. And from that point, they grew uh, not quite exponentially, but enormously every week. And the Trump, uh, the Trump uh, car parade started showing up and all the momentum was there and all of this, all of it, the whole country was going there. Polls, which I believe are just disinformation campaigns, but nevertheless are reflecting all of this stuff is tightening up. And the Democrat strategy was to make sure that you get your vote locked in for the senile idiot who may say anything or wet himself at any time. And and you, they want those votes locked in before all of this stuff is out, before the Hunter Biden laptop is out, all of it. And as long as there is early voting, then there will be no faith in the electoral system. And I maintain that that is the actual goal, is not even so much to win elections as to destroy Americans' faith in the entire idea of the electoral process. No matter who wins this election, no matter who wins it, the other side is gonna be utterly convinced that, the, that, that it was result of cheating. And that's the end of the country. And that's what these people want. So what do we do about it? I don't know what we can do about it other than in places where Republicans control the state legislatures um, that we exert that influence to uh, to get Election Day back inside the box, so to speak. I, I can't tell you how many times I had uh, colleagues or relatives ask me in the months and weeks running up to the election if I'd voted yet. And I just looked at them like they were insane. I said, what do you mean, did I vote yet? And they said, well, you, you can early vote. And I said, yeah, I can early vote. Why in the world would I wanna do that? Do you know what can change between now and November 3rd? <laughs> Stuff happens. Now, I happen to be a little contrarian on this point in the sense that I wish the entire process of the election were compressed into the time that Democrats want you to have to vote. So I'd rather have yes. a I'd rather have two months of an election campaign and then one day where you can vote. And if we need to have more balloting places to to take care of the crowds that would come that day, if we need to have more services to make sure people can get to the polling place who are shut-ins or not able to transport themselves, fine. All of that is doable, but there is something about the accountability of a single day at which everybody is doing something in the same way, at the same place within their community, that brings some credibility to the process for everyone concerned. I was willing to accept the loss of a legitimate election, but this is not a legitimate election. It is not in any way a legitimate election. But let me just say this. This. Early voting, why not cast all of your votes for the rest of your life now? Why not just fill out all of your ballots now and mail it in? People will say, well, that's ridiculous. Well, at what point does it not become ridiculous? If you are saying to me that early voting is okay, then why not vote for the rest of your life? Because there is no point, it's not three months, is it three months, is it two months, is it two weeks, is it nine days? There is no point where early voting becomes suddenly practical and fair. It's either absurd on its face or it's not. The problem is, of course, that we know 
what an election would look like, what a fair election would look like. A fair election would be people would go down and they would put paper ballots into a slot so that they could be counted again by hand if they had to be. They would be signed. They would have to be on the voter registration roll and they would have to be in by seven o'clock on the end of election day. And the only people that get to vote by mail or remotely are people who are in the military serving overseas and people who can provide a good reason why they're either in the hospital or they've got business overseas or whatever. And that's the deal. That's how democracy works. But it is not how it worked yesterday. And the entire purpose of early voting is to destroy the integrity of the election system. Once the, the once the integrity of the election system has been destroyed, then it's just power politics. It's no longer a democracy. It's nothing. And I'll just say one last thing for those Democrats out there or liberals who say, well, you're just trying to disenfranchise people. You're just trying to take away their vote. They, I have heard Democrats say this. Well, it's better. It's better that there's some voter fraud than it is voter suppression. If I cast a legitimate ballot and somebody casts an illegitimate ballot, they have stolen my vote. They have stolen my vote. They have taken my vote away from me. Voter, voter fraud is voter suppression and vice versa. The problem, of course, is the only way to get this re rectified is to vote on it. And the voting system is, is now, in my opinion, irredeemably corrupted and will be for the foreseeable future. And I, for the life of me, do not know what to do about that. This is a one-way street. It's not Republicans who are calling for early voting. It's not Republicans who are saying you don't need an ID to vote. It's not Republicans who are saying that illegal aliens should vote. It's only one party that is saying this, and it's the party of the left. If they genuinely believe what they say, then why would they have a problem with voter ID? Because they need to cheat to win. That's why they would have a problem with it. All of it. All of it. It's, it's, it is absolutely, absolutely fraudulent, and it's intended to be that way. So what do we do about it? I don't know. But, uh, but I think they have succeeded in their primary purpose, which is to make every single American in the country no longer believe that the vote is legitimate. It doesn't matter who gets into office on January 20th. Half of the country will be utterly convinced one way or another that, that they cheated. And that is the end of the United States of America. And that was the goal the whole time. And and early voting is the number one primary mechanism by which they accomplish this. Hello and welcome to ATP Report. I'm Barry Nussbaum. We are welcoming aboard for our first show with her new title, Katie Hopkins, all the way from Great Britain. She is the ATP Truth Ambassador for all of Europe. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much indeed, Barry. And thank you for my uh, exciting new title that I have. I'm very pleased to have that. And it's strange actually to be back here in the UK after three months on the road in America. I bet I've got a zillion questions for you. So let's just kick it off. So where you just left the US to go home, uh, we are in political turmoil, chaos of the post-election non-decision in a number of states. Let's start off with this one. How are we, the Americans who can't figure out who the next president is yet, being looked at by the Brits? So. From a personal perspective, I feel guilty for leaving. Uh, it's not like me to leave a fight 
and I feel horrible about the fact that I'm not there on the streets. If I was in America, I would be on a, fl- a plane to Phoenix or somewhere just to support and hold the line. From a British press perspective, the lying press, they're desperate to call it for Biden, desperate. It's all I hear is this anxiousness, this desperation to just call it for Biden. If they could, they'd have called it on election night. And then there's also this utter, utter lying where they're trying to mock the president saying he wants to count votes if they're for him and stop the votes if they're not for him. And of course, the president is not saying anything like that. So all I can say to you, Barry, is is it's absolutely, it's sickening and it's heartbreaking to to watch the lies being pushed out. And it, it mimics your lies in terms of the eagerness of people to call states for Biden. So obviously you've um, anticipated my question very well. I take it the entire mainstream media and everybody that has a microphone of any kind uh, is pro-Biden, anti-Trump, and just wants it over? Wants it over has been delivered the script that says uh, this is a blue, uh, a slower blue wave. You know, the, the, the reason this is unfolding blue is because it's more of a blue sweep. You know, they've been given the same narrative. Um, they're pushing it hard. They love it. Oh, a thousand votes ahead in, you know, Georgia. They, that's the, the leader. And this, they keep using, and it's done in a really, it's done in a horrible way, Barry, where they say, oh, and listen to the chants, stop the count, stop the vote, stop. That's when he's losing. Listen to them, count every vote, every vote count. That's when he's winning. They're, they're using lines out of context to mock the president and to mock American patriots. And I just, it makes me want to run away I've done a lot of running the last couple of days for precisely that reason. I just need to run away from the awfulness of the lies. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we feel very similar on this side. So you toured America. I mean, you covered the territory that is not unlike what the Trump family did uh, every day somewhere else. You saw incredible crowds. I remember we did shows together and you were just blown away by the support for the president. What did you learn about the depth of the Trump support out there? And what'd you learn about America on your trip? Oh, just, it gives me shivers just even thinking about it. But uh, I think I learned the truth of what we're seeing if this election had gone how we know it is going to go and will go eventually. I still believe, Barry, I'm a believer I learned the truth, the depth of the support for Trump from every kind of person, from the lady behind the till in CVS. I spent a lot of time in CVS, from the Uber driver, the Lyft driver in Dearborn, uh, in Minnesota. Tell, I mean, sorry, in Minneapolis, in Minnesota, telling me he's now with Trump as well. The USPS guy with the blue hair, who I was certain was a Democrat, Trump supporter. The people that showed, who showed in Florida, when the polls are lying and saying an 11 point lead for Biden, when we actually turned around and produced a red outcome. That's the stuff I learned. It's the stuff I still believe, Barry. Nothing I'm hearing changes 
everything I believe in my heart and my soul that Trump wins this. It, nothing will change that. And nothing will change that in my life, actually. Well, and I consider myself a good person that would always, if, I, if I'm told I've lost, I'll suck it up. Um, but I don't believe that. I don't believe we lost. Well, let me ask you then the big question. From the perspective of someone that has watched way too much news in the last month, I'm referring to myself, I would see 26,000 people in a stadium for the president and 26 people in a parking lot in a goofy white circle in a folding chair for Biden, who stumbled over reading from a teleprompter if he left his house. The outpouring of support was like nothing in my lifetime I've ever seen. It was as if it was the New York Yankees winning the World Series and having a ticker tape parade down Madison Avenue in New York. But that was every Trump rally, sometimes three, four, five times a day. So Katie, from your perspective, as an outsider who really knows the inside works because you were here, what happened? What went wrong? You know, we should make the point, Barry, and I know many people know, but these rallies didn't just happen in Alabama or Texas or Florida, this was Beverly Hills. And, and I watched people walk up to the rally and they were nervous and maybe they had never voted with Trump before and they were amazed. They were amazed by the different people there, so many black individuals being joyous, so many small children because parents felt comfortable bringing their children because this was uplifting. You know, the joy of our side and the dynamic of it was something that unlike I've never seen. Um, and in terms of what went on, I think it was fairly true to what we thought might happen was that the red wave, Trump support, was so big that the fraud wasn't quite big enough. And when they slowed the counting or stopped the counting to bring in those additional ballots in white vans with unmarked or plates from out of town, they didn't bring in enough because they didn't anticipate the level of Trump support that there actually is out there. And I'm very reassured by news out today of, you know, from uh, Trump team saying, hold the line, we still will have this, the president will be reelected. Um, but the fraud and the stories of fraud that I'm sure your audience have seen has been everywhere. And of course, that's another discrepancy with the British press. Every single time they're on, they say, there is no evidence of fraud. Have they not seen the videos that we've seen? Have they not seen the guy flipping off a ballot and then screwing it up? I mean, how can they say no evidence of fraud? You're listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. So how can they say there's no evidence of fraud? Easy. They are part of the fraud, if not its most integral part. The evidence of fraud is overwhelming, which is exactly why the mainstream media refuses to see it. I mean, they all, all they have to do is look in the mirror. As of this moment, I am so buried in evidence that I simply haven't had the time to organize it all. But before highlighting some of the really big coming revelations, let me begin by simply highlighting a few of my own observations without getting into the details, most of which we covered on various previous episodes of the show. The Democrats continually changed election rules while the game was still being played. 
mail-in ballots, early voting, late voting, you name it. Anything goes if it's in the direction of a Biden vote. The Democrats used coronavirus to justify changing electoral rules to accommodate mail-in ballots and to hide from view the true lack of Democratic voters. Democrats used coronavirus to justify changing electoral rules and to keep scrutineers away from the ballot counting. I mean, this is too stupid and unbelievable for words, and yet I was watching it with my own eyes. Uh, Apparently, my eyes see things that the mainstream media cannot see. The continual polls suggesting that Biden had a huge, tremendous lead over Trump were completely incorrect. Even where we know that Democratic cheating was going on by the tens of thousands of votes, the vote differentials were so narrow as to totally discredit all of the polls. Just as there was and is no second wave of COVID-19, so too there was no blue wave of Biden supporters. In fact, I've drawn the conclusion that even whatever votes the Democrats did get to be considered valid in the vote count, a good percentage of them were not, since this apparently is a common practice by Democrats, and more and more of them are coming to the surface attesting to that fact. I saw Trump's speeches that attracted tens of thousands. Biden's speeches attracted tens and dozens. The pure illogic of expecting a zero like Biden winning against a 100 like Trump in the context of proclaimed majorities is statistically improbable to a degree that cannot be explained logically, unless the explanation includes ballot tampering. The change in vote totals between the numbers being shown on election evening and those shown the next morning represent a flat-out statistical impossibility. Republican registrations were increased by the hundreds of thousands far beyond the registered Democrat voters in the very states where Biden is supposed to be leading. Affidavits already being sworn and collected by witnesses and scrutineers who saw the fraud firsthand are being collected by the thousands. Evidence abounds regarding glitches, dead people voting, scrutineers not allowed to scrutineer. I mean, 100% of changes in votes went to Democrats. A statistical impossibility. And then, of course, this is unbelievable. There's censorship, 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 even of the president. Simply for asking a question like, what's going on here? Immediately censored. Think about that. That alone, that one fact alone is enough to end this election now and give Trump his due. The mainstream media totally ignored the most obvious and visible corruption from the Biden corruption scandal, which most people are still unaware of, I can't believe it, to the voting process itself. To say nothing of four years of fake accusations against Trump, or COVID-19 and climate change, all crap, or of the racist history of the Democratic Party, which they don't talk about. Interesting that all areas in contention happen to be Democratic districts, yes? And those are just the tips of my own personal icebergs of evidence that I've been collecting about this glaring evil and injustice in our midst. And despite all this, Trump has defeated the left at every turn, even on COVID-19, and through having contracted and defeated it himself. And my guess is that he will continue to defeat the left for the next four years. As I speak, there are so many stories to keep track of now surfacing as to the indisputable evidence of election fraud on a massive scale that I can only cite the bare essentials of the ones that merit attention. I find it both ironic and fitting that in our own recent Just Right YouTube conversation between Robert Vaughn and Salim Mansour entitled America Duped, 
that Salim would compare the deep state's manipulation of the public's political perception to a sting, in particular referencing the 1970s movie of the same name that starred Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Well, it appears that there are now many saying that Trump himself has pulled off his own sting against the Democratic Party, having anticipated their own well-publicized and loudly announced intentions to cheat on election night. The Democrats themselves expected a Trump landslide and said so, in no uncertain terms, long before Election Day. Now, if you haven't heard the term hammer and scorecard yet, I'm pretty sure you soon will. The hammer is a counterintelligence surveillance program, while scorecard is a vote manipulation application. And then there's something called a quantum blockchain. All of these terms refer to highly technological and computer-oriented means of identifying fraud and I suppose other misdemeanors. But the best summary of the entire sting was released on Sunday, November 8th, on a site called Before It's News, and which I have to admit is something completely new to me, and with whose track record on accuracy I have not yet had the time to investigate. But everything I read in the opening paragraphs of its November 8th article creates a very plausible narrative that fits all of the bits and pieces of evidence I myself have been accumulating from trusted sources. And moreover, many American generals and other officials are now coming forward because apparently they've been keeping quiet about this thing until it was over. So here's the headline. Get this. Trump win validated by quantum blockchain system recount of votes. And I quote, a recount of voting ballots nationwide was being done by elite units of the National Guard by early Sunday morning, November 8th. To prevent fraud, official ballots had been printed with an invisible unbreakable code watermark and registered on a quantum blockchain system. As of this writing, listen to this, in five states, 14 million ballots had been put through a laser scanner, 78% of which failed because there was no watermark to verify the ballot. And of those that failed, 100% had checked for Biden. An initial test showed that according to watermarks on validated ballots fed into the quantum computer, Trump won re-election by over 80% of the legal ballot cast. The final validated vote tallied in that test, Trump 73.5 million votes to Biden's 25.9 million. And that didn't even account for Trump votes that people observed being tossed and never accounted for. Interesting enough, those figures correspond with the two men's Twitter accounts. Trump had 88.8 million followers to Biden's 16.6. Using infrared equipment that read which ballots were real or fake, the elite National Guardsmen had been deployed to the 12 targeted states of Alabama, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Texas, Wisconsin, Tennessee, Washington, Virginia, Delaware, Illinois, and Kentucky. In all, Nationwide, over 500 National Guardsmen were on guard over all ballot-counting units. There was much more to the tests for fraudulent voting. In addition to the watermark, these official ballots also contained ink made of corn, which created an electronic radiation circuit ID that could trace the location of that ballot through GPS transmission. In other words, they could trace if the ballot was filled out by the person named on the ballot. The Trump team would be filing a number of lawsuits on Monday, November 9th. They had been preparing for this a long time under an election fraud investigation called Project Veritas, end quote. As you can imagine, this is 
just beyond stunning. But even more stunning will be how the mainstream media evades and avoids the reality that is about to descend upon them. And that was a pretty accurate measurement and picture of my own sense of the entire election. I mean, we've been saying on this show for the past year that Trump will win the next election in a landslide. And that's how it was looking right up until the cheating started. Now, coming up next may be one of the most powerful personal statements that we've ever featured on this show. I got this audio bite thanks to listener Elaine P. And thank you for all your other contributions in this regard, Elaine. And it originates from a site called Mr. Guns and Gear B Channel, which seems to me to be largely commercial in nature. But it is a personal warning from, of all people, a Serbian who has lived through what is happening in the United States right now. And it is his warning to Americans to act now because there will be no second chances. Now, I realize that for some of you, this may be difficult to digest because of the speaker's strong accent, if not his strong message. But what Mr. Guns and Gears, sitting in his apartment with traffic rolling by outside his window, was compelled to say should be heard by every living man, woman, and child in the Western world, not just in America. Hello, Americans. I guess that you have forgot something. And maybe a Serbian guy should tell you what to do. Strange, huh? I never put my foot on American soil. I never touched America, but somehow I love America. I love your values. I love what you represent. I love freedom. And uh, now I see something that I have seen 20 years ago when I was a high school kid. It was October of 2000 and my country was in its most important day in recent history. Our dictator Milosevic stole the elections. He used all the tactics that you see now. Everything that you have seen in Project Veritas was modus operandi of him. Everything. We knew what happened. You knew. You know what happened. Now it's the question, what are you going to do? In October of 2000, my country done something extraordinary. After being obedient for 10 years, after sitting in tanks to pointlessly die, after many treasons and hopeless future, we somehow decided that it was time to do something, to fight for freedom. Milosevic stole the elections and people took the streets. It started with strikes, civil disobedience, and then all the Serbia came to Belgrade. More than a million people in a country that total population was maybe 8 million. So basically everyone who could walk went to Belgrade to protest. Milosevic had very serious people on his side, at least on paper. Those were warriors for 10 years. It's what they were doing. And somehow, when they have seen that sea of people, they decided to back off. They have seen that they would fight lost cause. His general said no. His police chiefs had said no. People 
just overwhelmed him. There was even a guy who, who took who took a bulldozer and he used that bulldozer to destroy state television. You think that you're the only one who have fake news? <laughs> kids, kids, you know nothing. You don't know what fake is. Now the question is, do you have a guts? Do you have a guts to take the streets and reclaim what is yours? You know that they stole the elections. You know it's obvious to everyone with two brain cells. And up to this moment you were smart. They wanted to incite racial war, but you were smart. Thanks God you were smart. You didn't took the bite. Black Americans decided to be Americans and white Americans realized that black Americans are, guess what, also Americans. I'm proud of you, but now you have one more battle. Because this will not be a war, this will be a battle. They are never going to be as weak as now, and you are never going to be as strong as now. If you lose now, it will be game over. Once installed, socialism will never leave. Never. Not a single country in Eastern Europe was able to get rid of it. Not even after decades. Not even after two generations. World that you know will stop to exist. You will never going to reclaim it again. Never. Russians couldn't. Ukrainians couldn't. Baltic guys couldn't. Czechs, Slovaks, Poles, Serbs, Croats, Slovenes, all Yugoslavia, Bulgarians, Romanians, Albanians. Not a single one was able to overthrow them in the real sense of matter. All of us kept living mediocre lives, working for $500 per month. And that was it. All because God knows when we lost. And we were not the only ones who fought. Romanians were even crazier. They overthrew Ceausescu by rushing towards Kalashnikovs barehanded. He sent tanks on them. They didn't care. They had nothing to lose. Their Olympic champions risked their lives to get out of there. Hungarians fought too, but Russian tanks for more decisive. Even today you can see bullet holes on facades in Budapest. They are never going to repair them, just to, to remember. Czechs fought, lost, Poles lost, all of them. Now it's your turn. If you don't like freedom, you don't like it. That's it. Nobody's going to help you. Nobody. We could hope that America will liberate us again, save us again after saving us three times, I guess, in 20th century. But hey, save us again. Cannot save people from themselves. Can you save yourself from yourselves? If you don't believe in God, it's okay. Read Solzhenitsyn Gulag Archipelago, first 20 pages. There is one beautiful sentence. Not a single honest man 
be left. You will not be able to live honest life. It will not be about meritocracy, it will not be about skills, it will not be about knowledge, it will not be about any good quality of a human being. It will be just collection of some points. Are you Serb enough? Are you Croat enough? Are you black enough? Are you white enough? Multiplied by gender, multiplied it by God knows what they are going to think about. Have you been loyal to the party? Have you not been loyal to the party? And there will be no two parties anymore. We don't have two parties in Europe. We have one party with ten names. We have one policy. We have one everything one. We don't vote anymore. It's pointless. We have no leaders anymore. It's pointless. There is no reason anymore. Look what they have done with, during the lockouts. They had no authorities over you and you just obeyed. They destroyed your businesses. You obeyed. They took your streets and looted everything. You obeyed. They come to your neighborhoods. You you've done nothing. They come to your house. You have done nothing. What the hell is wrong with you? You have done nothing, you idiots. And what are you going to do now? Are you going to take that goddamn bulldozer and bulldoze everything? Or you will just stay obedient sheep until you got slaughtered? My people were slaughtered in Nazi Croatia. They were walking towards the pit holes and they were thrown alive together with their women and children. That's what Marxism is doing, you sheep. Learn from history. What the hell? You have three or four more days to decide your life, you idiots. After that, it will game over. Join the police. Join the party. Do, do this now. Go, join them. Spit on your flag. Spit on everything. Spit on cross. Spit on everything that you... That was your value. Enjoy the enemy. Go ahead, survive, survive like a maggot. If you believe in God, well, read three passages. It's not a lot. Matthew 10 something, Mark 13 something, and Luke 12 something. Choose your side. You want to be in permanent lockdown? Go ahead, choose your side. Do you want to be undervalued just because of the color of your skin or God knows what's in? Choose your side. What are you waiting for? Aliens to save you. Cthulhu. Sasquatch. You don't believe in Christ, you don't believe in reason, you don't believe in logic, you don't believe in history. What is your belief? In what do you believe? Spirits. Yeah, I got emotional. But you haven't. <laughs> so why would I care? It's your life, it's your liberty, it's your pursue of happiness. So 
Pursue it. If you don't believe me, ask a billion people. From Kamchatka to Cuba. Ask them. I, what, what do I know? I'm a stupid guy. Billion people have experienced this. And now you want to just surrender. Go, surrender. Go to hell. Wow. That's a tough act to follow. Consider that the speaker has never set foot in America. And what passion and love for a country he has never been to. America is, and always was, an idea. An idea that long preceded its establishment. Problem was, the world has always been ruled by tyrants to some degree or other, and so individual freedom remained elusive until a handful of men established the United States of America. About which Ayn Rand wrote, and I quote, I can say, not as a patriotic bromide, but with full knowledge of the necessary metaphysical, epistemological, ethical, political, and aesthetic roots, that the United States of America is the greatest, the noblest, and in its original founding principles, the only moral country in the history of the world. End quote. And as fate would have it, just as I was searching for that exact quote by Ayn Rand on America, right beside it in the Ayn Rand lexicon, I found this very haunting quote under the subject, of all things, of ambition. Quote, Politically, the goal of today's dominant trend is statism. Philosophically, the goal is the obliteration of reason. Psychologically, it is the erosion of ambition. The political goal presupposes the two others. The human characteristic required by statism is docility, which is the product of hopelessness and intellectual stagnation. Thinking men cannot be ruled. Ambitious men do not stagnate." End quote. Huh. Docility, hopelessness, intellectual stagnation. COVID-19, meet Karl Marx. So you can see what's at stake over the coming weeks ahead. I am reminded of a famous quote by Joseph Stalin. And I quote, The people who cast votes don't decide an election. The people that count them do. End quote. And who would be more aware of that practice than the people who share Stalin's principles and philosophy? In fact, I'm quite convinced that voter fraud has been the main key to the Democrats getting elected in most of the major areas in the United States, not only in this election, but in many, many elections past. Even in 2016, we'd already acknowledged all of the fraud that was uncovered, even though it still wasn't enough to defeat Trump. Yes, Virginia, it is a death cult. This is a tough thing for many on the right to accept, since they simply cannot bring themselves to believe that there are others among them so violently intent on destroying freedom and prosperity. I get it. But it is vitally important to know thine enemy. And you know what? Donald Trump knows his. To do so is just right, which is not unlike what we will continue to be doing as we invite you to join us again next week when we'll continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. It's great to be here with a thousand wonderful people. Or, as I call it, 
a small, intimate dinner with some friends. Or as Hillary calls it, her largest crowd of the season. <laughs>